0: Derry is famous for the city's walls and murals, but there's so much more to see and do in the city and the county. Today we're going to take a dander around Derry. Will your Ireland vacation take you through the north of Ireland? My Ulster Itinerary takes you through the highlights of Ulster, including the Giant's Causeway, Belfast, and Derry, while introducing you to places along the Causeway Coast that you've not heard of. This itinerary is suitable for all ages and includes three levels of lodging recommendations. You can view this and my other itineraries at irelandfamilyvacations.com backslash plan. Hello, I am so happy that you have joined me again today here on the Traveling in Ireland podcast. We are venturing back to the north of Ireland today and going back to Derry. My guest today is David Douglas, who is the owner of Derry Dander's Walking and Audio Tours in County Derry in Northern Ireland. So David, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today.
1: No problem, Judy, good to be involved
0: so let's just start with kind of where county dairy is and maybe its highlights because located up in that far north northern portion of ireland that northwestern um it nestles right up against donegal which is you know right when you get up there you have the stunning coastlines and then you have the amazing walled city of Derry. so thinking about the whole county what would you say are the things that bring people up to that area?
1: Well, we're lucky to the extent that we sort of are in the middle of two fantastic regions to visit. As you've already mentioned, the Donegal coast and the very rugged uh, countryside there. But on the other side of it, we have the North Antrim coast and all the different things like the Giant's Causeway. So we sort of are nicely settled in the middle of both those perfectly visitable locations on their own. But we would like to think that if you base uh, yourself in Derry, you have a very, you're the gateway to both of those um, locations. So uh, the county itself, there's, there's plenty to do in seeing the county. One of my favorite things in the county, it's about 30 miles from the city, is, is a place called Downhill. And a lot of people will be familiar with Muzzidan Temple, which also sort of sits on the cliff edge didn't used to always sit in the cliff edge, but erosion has has done that. And I'd say to people, come here soon before it disappears one day. <laughs> but it's that. been, you know, no, it's stunning. It, it is, it is stunning, and the lovely beaches and all that right, around there too. So that's one of my favourite things in the county. But I I'm based in the city itself, mm-hmm. and to me, you know, there's just so much to to do and see in the city, especially if you have a uh, bent for history. I'm very much a historian, and we're blessed with having so much history in the city. Now, some of it may be, you know, there's sad history as well. We've had difficult times, but thankfully, we're on the other side of that now. Uh, we're in a, a peace process, and, you know, I always say to people, but the people in Derry are very warm and welcoming to guests. Sometimes we fight with each other, but we never fight <laughs> with our guests, you know? So that's the, that bit of it. But no, say, definitely where we are, the northwest has definitely um, got so many angles there. And to say Donegal itself is stunning um, on on its own. But um, there is a nice link to all those areas.
0: I do like the idea of basing. Um, in Derry. I know that when we've stayed, we stayed in Limavati, which is not terribly far from Derry. Yes. Um, but it does, it puts you in that beautiful central area between the cause, you know, the highlights of the Causeway Coast, and you can still get down into, uh, into the interior of Antrim and Tyrone, but then you can still reach Donegal so, so easily. It is a wonderful place to base yourself So let's talk a little bit about your tours, because you have a little bit different angle on tours than some other tour guides do. Um, You obviously have tours that take in the city walls and the history of the city and the murals there in the bog side. But you go beyond that and you dig into topics a little more thoroughly than maybe you get in some other tours. Can you tell us a little bit about those tours that you do?
1: Yeah. Okay. my passion is for history. I always tell people my profession is as an accountant, but my passion is a historian. And so uh, I got involved in tour guiding largely because I wanted to share history. And of course, if you're a first time visitor to the city, you have to visit the walls and, and see that. You have to go down to the bog side and see the murals. But if you're if if you're there for a short, sharp visit, that's probably all you're going to see. But I like to encourage people to linger a bit longer and, and dig in beneath the surface. And so some of my tours cover a bit more specific sorts of history. Uh, well, the other locational one would be the waterside. There's an area now in the city that's been quite well developed as a waterfront area. We have the Peace Bridge that crosses uh, to that. A new hotel, a new museum are all being built in the waterside. So that's a, a new location itself. So I would kind of say that there's the three locational type tours that I do, but the other one are very much subject specific. So I come from a, a the name Douglas would be a Scottish name. So I come from a, a Scottish Irish background. So I do a, um, a what I call an Ulster Scots Scots Irish connections of the city. So that's very interesting for people to let them know about the roots of the people who came from Scotland to Ireland, who either then settled in the city like my family did, or then who moved on to America. You know, so many of the founding fathers and who, who signed the Declaration of Independence were Scotch-Irish. And mm-hmm. so that's a sort of tour would be of interest to people who want to maybe go back and trace their Scottish-Irish roots. And certainly a lot of people came from Derry and Donegal. For that so right. that's one angle and,
0: well and i you know i think when people think about their ancestors coming over from ireland they focus on the, the famine mm-hmm. but i know that for my family we came over prior to that and anything prior to the famine was usually out of out of ulster out of that northern ireland area and the scots irish um, migration
1: yes there were two big migrations the, the, the first one was around about from 1718 to probably about 1770. And that was really the Scot- the Ulster Scots and the northern people from the northern. And then obviously the famine in the 1840s brought more of the sort of, I say, southern Irish, but also western Irish, you know, people from Connaught and Mayo and and those areas that were badly hit by the famine. So that's the two different strands of it. And they're all part of the same um. The spora or whatever the way you pronounce it you know so um yeah i think it's, it is important that people uh, acknowledge that and i say i can cater for people who are interested in that bit of of their family history so that's certainly one angle and i have done a lot of research on, on that and I mean, i would talk about things like the siege of dairy i would tell it with people from the scottish background who, who they were and what they were and like a lot of people don't realize that a lot of the, the reason Uh, people left in the 1700s was a certain amount of religious discrimination as well because the penal laws that came into Ireland did not just discriminate against Roman Catholics, they discriminated against anybody who was not an Anglican. So the Presbyterians didn't have votes as well and a lot of them decided to move to America and the New World where there was land and that's why they settled there. So similar uh, bits of history that maybe not as well known uh, as others. So that's definitely one angle I can do. So another angle that I do is, I call it the blue plaques of the Maiden City. A lot of people know Derry, one of its nicknames is the Maiden City, it's the Wall City, and it's also known as Legendary. Those are all the different names because there is a wee bit of a Derry stroke Derry discussion on, on the name. So I try to keep myself politically neutral on, on that as best you can. Um, so the, the blue plaques, I'm not too sure if you have something similar in, in the States, but say somebody that lived in a house and they ended up becoming quite famous or successful, they put a plaque up to them on the their house or the building. And that's in, in, in here, it's usually a blue plaque. And most of these people are, some of them are fairly well known, but it's sort of a bit of hidden history too. For instance, there's a blue plaque in the city to a guy called Dean Berkeley. And people think, well, he, he was a dean of the of the, the cathedral. How important is he? Well, he ended up being the guy that gave his name to Berkeley, California. And he had, a, had that connection with Derry. And he was also a great philosopher. And he's the one supposedly have said that, you know, if a tree falls in the forest and there's nobody there to hear it, does it make a sound? So that came from somebody connected to Derry. There are also great hymn writers. A lady called Cecile Frances Alexander would have written things like um, Once in Royal David City, which a uh, famous Christmas carol, she would have a blue plaque in the city. And say so there's about another 10 or 12, but they're all it's sometimes about social history, you know, they about people who contribute to literature music not really politics but the wider bit of the city and we actually have a red plaque as well to a lady called Amelia Earhart who would be very familiar and uh, she she got lost and ended up in Derry she never actually planned to come but she got uh, when she came across the Atlantic her plane she touched down in Derry as opposed to getting to Paris And the local ladies, there's a group of them and they would all wear red to remember her. So they put up a red plaque in her honor too. So there's about 10 or 12 different um, those sort of bits of history. And then another big thing of the city's history is the shirt factories. Uh, Most people, well, I have a family background. My mother worked in the shirt factories. At one point in the late 1800s, Derry was the biggest manufacturer of shirts anywhere in the world. We had over 20,000 people in the industry, 44 factories. There's a story that during the American Civil War, the factories in Derry were actually making the shirts for both the Union soldiers and the Confederate soldiers. (laughs) And they headed off in the same boat. And then when they got somewhere, they split up. But so, you know, there's connections like that there too. And it's so much a part of our social history. Unfortunately, now we have no shirt factories, you know, in the the 1970s on a lot of imports from Asia made shirt manufacturing very expensive. But I think some of the iconic buildings are still there. And thankfully they're being used for other things so they can be seen. And then probably another one is my musical heritage. The music history of the city is fantastic. We have a lot of famous people over the years. I'm not too sure you mightn't be familiar with the Eurovision but it's sort of a big song contest in Europe and one of the first winners from Ireland was a lady called Dana and she would be from the city and other great songwriters Phil Coulter and Phil Coulter would have been the songwriter who wrote The Town I Love So Well which is probably very familiar to people and also uh, many other songs. So He's among one of the few people that we would walk past his childhood home and tell a lot about the, the history there. And just just hot off the presses, I was chatting to my, my my daughters in the last couple of days. And yesterday was International Women's Day. And they've asked me to say, Daddy, put together a woman of the city tour. And so that's I have the material. I just now have to come up with a route. And I'm going to probably call some like the inspirational woman. Of this the walled city and again a lot of them will be linked to the blue plaques some of them will be linked to music and they will cover all the different angles i'm probably not do too much politics but outside of that there'll be other important people and especially the, the women uh, of the city so that's a new one and i'll have to start working on now
0: fun and you know his, history in dairy is so fascinating like you mentioned um amelia Earhart, and in fact Back in episode 76, I spoke with two women who are part of the Amelia Earhart Legacy Association there in Derry. Um, I spoke with, let's see, Nicole McElhenny and Brona Sharkey. Now, Brona, unfortunately, um, did pass away in the last year and a half, I believe. Yeah. Um but that's a really fun podcast if you want to go back to that again it is episode number 76 Right. um check that out but you know just when when people think of dairy i think the first thing that does come to their mind is the politics um and then the you know the beautiful massive wall but all that extra you know the the thing about the shirt factories that's you know that's lost in history and it's it's Mm -hmm. kind of an amazing thing to think about dairy being where, you know, shirts from, you know, they delivered shirts all over the world, that's what they did. Uh, So I just think that the, the history of the people and the different times in dairy is really fascinating. And I love that you have kind of pinpointed in on those things as well. I think that just adds an extra layer to the city that maybe most people aren't going to notice.
1: Yes, no, that is an, unfortunately a lot of people come and they have dairy as a sometimes a two-hour stopover on their way to Donegal, or if they're coming from the other side on the way to the Giant's Causeway, you know. And I, I people would take out in a quick tour, and they say to me, David, I wish we had allowed for more than that. You know, we're we've booked now to go to the Causeway, or we are booked to go to Donegal. I wish we had allowed ourselves a day. You know. And that's the sort of thing. So if you can advise people, if you're coming our way, give us more than two hours. You will be richly rewarded for it.
0: Now, obviously, you are just one man and uh, you can only lead so many tours in a day. So I do love that people can actually get audio tours off of your site um, for a small fee and then they can self tour with your narrative. I think yes. that is a terrific option.
1: Yes. The, the reason they came about was in, in the first dot lockdown over here, happened about March 2020, I was approached by this uh, company called VoiceMap. And they said to me, would you like to do one audio tour of the city? And initially I was I didn't really want to because I thought if I give away my crown jewels and give away somebody has to listen to it, other people will copy it and that sort of thing. But then as the lockdowns continued and they didn't seem to end, by about June time, I thought, well, it would be nice to do one audio tour. So I did my first audio tour, and that is a sort of 40 to 45 minute walk around the walls. The walls are one mile in circumference, and that sort of picks out certain height things. The advantage of them is, there's a few advantages. One, they're reasonably low cost uh, to the individual. Two, and they're extremely flexible. So you're walking around, you see a nice church that you want to go into, you just pause the tour, you go in, see the church, and you come out again and restart it. And everything is controlled by sat-nav. So um, as you walk along, my voice suddenly kicks in saying, look over to your right and you will see such and such a thing. So it's, it's all controlled. They took a, a reasonably long time to do But you have the authenticness that it's a local voice that is speaking to you. So that was the first tour I did. I call it Highlights of the Walled City. Then I thought I'd do a second one of the waterside because I think there's so much to see and do there. Mm -hmm. And we walk people across the Peace Bridge. Uh, One of the important things I say to people, come walk across the Peace Bridge, a beautiful structure. The best thing built in the city in my lifetime. Simply connects both sides of the city so well. I did one of the water side, and that's really the east of the city. And then I thought to myself, hold on here, what about the north, south, <laughs> east, and you know, the west? <laughs> so I did the north, uh, walking down the river on one side, and it very much looks at education and emigration. Mm-hmm. That's the two main themes in it. And then the one that goes down the south side of the city looks much more at industry, the train stations, the shirt factories. And they all start from the one point, they start outside the tourist office. So you you know, a very easy point to find. And most of them end back up there. One of them doesn't, simply because the sat nav didn't bring them back, but it's easy enough to get back there. And then the last one I did, and I did it in conjunction with a guy who was born in the bogside, we did the west of the city, but it's very much a look around the west part of the city, including the bogside. But again, we look at it in a non-political way. You know, okay. of course, we talk about the murals, we talk about Bloody Sunday, or whatever, but there are enough other guides doing that, enough other organizations doing that. That I wanted to just show people the beauty of those that area too. You know, the churches, St. Columba as well, and up to there's a beautiful park just on the west called Brook Park, and take people up to that too. So they're available. You can either uh, buy them direct from the publisher, and that's VoiceMap, and they're an international company. They have about 600 tours throughout the world. They cover about 100 cities. So, you know, um, you just download them onto your phone and then just put in your earphones and just walk around. And the other thing I would say to people as well, they're quite useful to prepare yourself for coming to the city. So the last thing you want to come is uh, come to the city and stumble around with a guidebook. Have a download my tour, listen to it, and then you'll know what is ahead of you. Also, after you've done a tour, perhaps a real tour with a guide, download my tour afterwards. And that maybe brings back nice memories because there's a few sound effects and things. You know, at times we have uh, cannons firing in the background and other things like that there. So at the end of the day, they're another alternative. Now, the best way, obviously, to see a, a place is with a tour guide and getting the one-to-one experience. But if that's not possible, if you arrive in Derry at six o'clock at night and there's no tourists and you have to leave first thing in the morning, I have at least an option that you can go and have a walk around the walls by yourself, listening to an authentic guy.
0: I, I love that that is available for people. So let's talk about how people can book into your experiences or uh, I know that those those audio guides are also available on your website, aren't they?
1: Yes. The way I tend to sell them on my website, I don't sell them as one in the thing individual tours because it's just not practical for me. So what I can sell people would be either a book. If somebody, a group of 10 will come in, I could sell them 10 individual tours. Or I can sell a bundle of the five. And I, I, I do it that way. But outside it, if somebody's just looking for an individual tour, best just go directly to the publisher or even the visitary tourist office would sell the, that, that, that tour. How to book my tours? Well, there's my own website and you can click on a link and book tours directly uh, through that. Um, so that's the, probably the main way. But a lot of the way people find me, especially from the States and all, is they use uh, something like Viator, or TripAdvisor and my tours are available to buy on them or Airbnb experiences. Or if you're looking for very much a private group, I also have tours on Tours by Locals. And they're very much more select, they tend to be slightly higher priced, um, but they're very much for groups limited to 10, and are very much a private uh, experience. But the best way, if people are coming, contact me directly. Through my website or otherwise because all these other organizations where they do take a commission and i have <laughs> oh, to, is pass, to
0: deal direct <laughs> yes and i have
1: to pass that on so if you want a good deal contact me directly and i can uh, do something for you
0: here's another reason for you to book direct david has a special offer just for my podcast listeners you can receive a free book of the history of dairy london dairy or a free audio tour when you book directly with David. Just use the code IFV for Ireland Family Vacations when booking from the website, or email David directly to book your tour at david at And that is spelled D-E-R-R-I-E, danders.co.uk. Terrific. Now, David, are you on any social media where people can kind of follow you, get a little inspiration, you know, learn a little bit more?
1: Certainly can. I think I'm in everything if it was on everything. Apart from TikTok, I haven't got into TikTok yet, but I have a Facebook page and that's Derry Dander's Walking and Audio Tours new page. Unfortunately, fortunately my first page got hacked and I had to set up new page there. I have uh, an Instagram account uh, at Derry Danders too. And there's also a Twitter account. And I'm also involved in LinkedIn uh, uh, as well. So I'm basically on most things. And I tend to post two or three times a week. about. And it's not just, for instance, I had a tour today. So later on, I'll put up a wee thing. Great tour today with people from such and such. Never give names or anything out there, but just to give an idea. Of the things that I'm doing. And then, if something new is opening in the town, like a new restaurant or a new cafe or something changes, or sometimes you're just walking around the walls and you see something different, you know, I just post that and say, have a look at that there. So, I think, you know, and, and in the future, I'm tempted to sort of do like a blog as well that will have a much more in depth look at aspects. But I'm redeveloping my website at the moment. We should hopefully go live in about three weeks' time. But the current website's fine; you can go on on to that. But in three weeks' time, there will be a super duper website, hopefully, <laughs> that you can go to.
0: And and as my listeners know, all the links that uh, that we mention in the podcast, you can find in the show notes. Just click on through, and you will find everything there. No need to to go scrambling and searching. Um, you know, David, we have covered a lot and we started with that great uh downhill domain which i think that most people like you said know about Mussenden temple but downhill domain itself is really incredible it's very expansive there's an amazing ruin on it Mm -hmm. that uh it you know when you when you hear about the history of it it it's like it just i don't even know it was like it was all in one piece and then nearly overnight it was a ruin um (laughs) it seems like but that is really an exceptional place to take a few hours and visit and walk around so what other three places maybe should people be sure not to miss while they're up in northern ireland and around Mm Derry? You'll need a car to reach some of these suggested locations, so I'm excited to partner with Irish Car Rentals to provide an unbeatable quote on your car rental in Ireland. Visit irishcarrentals.com and use code IFV for Ireland Family Vacations in the promotions box to save 10% off your car rental costs.
1: Well, just one thing to say, I also have a YouTube channel and during the lockdown, I made a series of videos and there's a series of videos about downhill. I call it a downhill dander. I don't know if your listeners are, are familiar know what a dander is. Um, uh, it's an Irish scotch term for like a leisurely walk. So if you want to say I'm going for a little walk, I'm going for a little dander. So that's why I'm dairy danders. But if they're interested in there is a, a YouTube uh, series of videos I, I did on that. So to me, uh, other things in the county. Well, you've been in Limavady. Uh, there's a lovely park there, the Rural Valley Country Park. Is, is a beautiful park there. If you're coming up to the city, the Peace Bridge and the waterside area is now very, a very. There's a greenway. You can do a greenway and walk around all the bridges. Now it's seven miles, so it, it's a good, uh, a good trot. But there's plenty. The river as well is very nice to to, to look at. So definitely come. The walls themselves, the Greenway and the Peace Bridge, the murals. And also the thing you should say about the murals is traditionally all Derry had was very much political murals, like the ones in the Bogside and the History of the Troubles and in the Loyalist murals tended to talk about the siege of Derry and other things. A lot of new murals in the city, very much entertainment uh, you Some of your listeners may be familiar with the Derry Girls, the comedy series. And there's a new mural uh, to them. There's a lovely mural to a guy called Richard Moore and the Dalai Lama. And unfortunately, Richard Moore was blinded during the troubles by a, a rubber bullet. But he had a great friendship with the Dalai Lama. And he opened up a charity called Children and Crossfire to help children in places where there's war. And there's a beautiful mural to do with him and other beautiful murals as well. We have a, a kind of... Uh, uh, Convention once a year, where one of the local mural artists brings in people from all over the world, and they do. If next couple of days you find a few new walls have something. Now some of them are a wee bit off the 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 radar. You don't really know what they are, but again they're they're sort of modern graffiti. But there's so much to see that way, and I say what enjoy I enjoy about it. There's one in particular where they. There was a bar was being refurbished and in the bar they found maple wood so they decided to paint the front of the building with maple leaves and it's beautiful and you're walking down it was just like you know you're in the fall uh around that, that bar just little things like that there and we have a great lot of artistic people around the city so keep a lookout for the new murals too
0: Terrific. Well, David, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today, for telling us more about dairy, giving us a little look inside the history of the area that maybe people didn't know and really just kind of getting us excited to spend a little more time in dairy.
1: Yeah, certainly I always say to people, uh, linger longer in Londonderry and enjoy a dander around dairy. And you'll be very welcome whatever time uh, you can come. Terrific.
0: I know I learned so much during this podcast about dairy, and I hope you did too. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a five-star review at Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you can't leave a review on your podcast app, you can leave a review at the Ireland Family Vacations Facebook page or take a screenshot and tag me at Ireland Family Vacations on Instagram with a few kind words. If you have questions or comments, you can email me, Jody at irelandfamilyvacations.com. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Until next time, slán go félix.